I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also with ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and weekly check-ins with myself. And of course, when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. Shop the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome back if you have been tuning in for a while. Today's episode is going to be a solo episode focused on the topic, if you can't tell from the title, why I believe lifestyle compatibility is the most important factor in whether a relationship will be sustainable in the long run. And this topic was truly inspired by multiple conversations I had over the past weekend with some friends catching up And also just playing the What Fulfills You card game where this question came up. And I think it's really interesting to think about. I certainly didn't think about this when I was younger, especially in my first serious relationship, which was for about four years. But that is a big takeaway I had from that relationship, which I do dive into in this episode, just sharing my thoughts on why I realized that relationship was not going to be sustainable long-term, even though it had alignment in other aspects, including intellectual compatibility, physical, whatever, which are some of the other factors that I talk about as well. But ultimately, I find that most of us don't realize this component until later on with experience, obviously. But if, if someone had brought this up to me when I was younger, I think I would have found it valuable just because it's something then I could be more mindful about, I could pay attention to, and really consider how it plays out long term. Because sure, it's nice to go with the flow and enjoy life in the moment, which I certainly do a lot more than I used to, but it's also extremely important, especially when it is about a relationship or a potential relationship, to think long term. And I have a habit of this too, where even in an early stage of, you know, seeing someone or whatever that could be, I do have a tendency to think long-term, not like, oh, am I going to marry this person and all that? Because again, only time will tell, but it's important to balance out giving something or someone a chance and giving a shot at it versus 
going with the flow and then ultimately wasting your time. So that's why I touch on also in this episode why it's important to be really specific about you want and how that correlates to shopping, especially shopping online. And so I hope this episode provides some valuable insight for you um, coming from my experience and just my perspective and how this can be a good opportunity for you to reflect on your current dating style and what you have been looking for and what you maybe need to look out for. So with that being said, we will dive into the episode. So on today's episode, I am going to be sharing my thoughts on why I personally believe that lifestyle compatibility is the most important factor in a sustainable long-term relationship. And I've heard this from therapists and relationship experts, so to speak, right? I've actually recently heard this on a relationship type episode. I think it's actually one of his recent episodes. It's on the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. If you haven't heard of it, I definitely recommend checking out that podcast. But he had someone on who's known to be within the the relationship industry and she talked about that as well. She actually said lifestyle compatibility is more important than values and principles, which I think I disagree with. I think they're both equally important but I will get into that. But another big reason why I decided to bring this up is just because of my current dating life, if you will, um, which is great. And I, I personally think that I have a lot of insight in what enables a potential to continue to flow. Um, and in my experience, you know, being around my girlfriends who are all in their 20s, I notice if there is a tendency, oftentimes it's not knowing which ones are worth giving a shot and which ones really need to just be completely cut off and you need to stop wasting your time, more importantly for yourself because I think, again, I've been there myself, but it's kind of common to just kind of keep going to see where it goes, right? Which is great to be open-minded, but I think many of us, especially in early and mid-20s, right, it's hard to know what you're doing if you don't have like a framework to work around. And I have this question as well in the What Fulfills You card game, which is around what are the top two you look for in a romantic partner out of the four, which is lifestyle compatibility, emotional chemistry, intellectual compatibility, and physical slash sexual chemistry. Now, obviously, we want all four, but over time, I have observed, you know, let's say with a specific guy, something was great and everything was great, but let's say lifestyle compatibility or emotional, for example, which are personally my top two, if one of those was missing, it was really, really difficult to see it going long term. And I had actually shared this at dinner with some of my girlfriends uh, over the weekend. And so that's another reason why this topic was really fresh on my mind. And so I guess to really backtrack to where I got this notion from was from my very first real slash serious relationship. I had a real relationship in high school as well, but, you know, nothing serious. And at the time, too, um, I knew I was going to go to California. Like it just, as always, when you know you're going to part ways, you're going to part ways. So you kind of had that little expiration date, right? But my first one, um, 
was in college. I started dating this person like pretty much towards the end of my fall semester of freshman year. And we were together majority of actually all of my college years. We had a little bit of break, but um, I was with this partner through the end of my post-grad and up until like a couple months after I graduated. And it's, you know, I'm lucky to be in a position where it's been a long, long time now since the end of that relationship where I am able to look at it from a, from an objective lens and can reflect on what was great about it, why it wasn't going to work. And like I said, this was about a four-year relationship. And ultimately, um, let's bring it back to the four components that I talk about. Lifestyle, emotional, physical, and intellectual, right? I was actually debating this with my friends where two of them were like at dinner. They were like, you know, intellectual and lifestyle. And I told them mine was lifestyle and emotional. And they were really surprised because, you know, of course, I consider myself an intellect. I love for someone to be able to talk about the similar intellectual topics I want to talk about. However, I will say that was actually one of the strong suits for my ex and I. And while that was great and actually really pushed me forward in my own intellectual stamina and whatever you want to call it, it still obviously wasn't enough because towards, I want to say like the last six months of the relationship, I just remember feeling like there were a lot of things I wanted to do that wasn't his natural inclination to want to do. And I want to preface that sometimes we feel awkward by sharing like, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. This is my lifestyle. This is the places I like to eat. And this is, you know, whatever it is, right? It can be however you want it. And I obviously recognize like it can come across a little shallow in a way. But truthfully, I don't think it is because at the end of the day, let's say you are a nightlife person or maybe you are more introverted and you like to stay in most of the nights. That, for example, in itself was a big difference between my ex and I. I think when we had initially met when we were in college, he seemed to have enjoyed going out, but still not as much as me, right? He was like the president of his fraternity and he was in a fraternity, but he was actually um, at his core, he was very introverted and was not really like a natural social butterfly like I am. And I do believe in complementing like extroverted and introvertedness. So I certainly wouldn't want someone, uh, I guess, like overly extroverted than me because I think I would probably feel overwhelmed as well. But I think someone that is similarly 50-50 because... I have a lot of introvert traits, but I know how to be a social butterfly and that also feels natural to me, right? So I think, um, I think the term is like ambivert or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I'm probably not even pronouncing it correctly, but, but that for example was a big one. And again, that plays into lifestyle because if you have been listening for a while, I have talked about this before where a big passion of mine is house music. I love going to nightclubs and lounges especially living in New York City that music scene exists here and I you know in a dream world my fantasy life like I dream of being a music producer and not many people really know that unless they like listen to this podcast or I tell them personally 
And um, that's a big reason why I like to go to lounges and events like that. And I know that's something my ex-partner didn't like to do. But on top of that, though, this is where I can admit that like it seems like to the naked eye, I guess, a little shallow. But truthfully, I think it comes down to preference, right? I've dated guys and, you know, in the past two years where they liked more simple, like, for example, I dated or wasn't really dating, but was seeing a lawyer for like quite some time. Um, And, you know, his in terms of like financially, he was clearly able to do the same things as I wanted to do, right? So that wasn't, it wasn't like a financial component, but it was truly actually just personal taste. He, he really liked, um, you know, different kind of house music, for example, and was kind of like a minimalist when it came to like going out. Like if you follow my Instagram, I love dining, like I just being a food connoisseur. I I feel like the restaurant, cocktails and dinners, like that is a big part of my lifestyle. And I foresee that, you know, being a big part of my lifestyle going into my 30s and 40s as well. Like I I love that. That was kind of a big reason as to why I kind of let things simmer out with that lawyer because I just knew that he he hit especially the intellectual aspect, the physical aspect, but definitely I mean the emotional was you know I think you know that can grow um I think that always is usually the longest one although I've certainly had experiences where I meet someone and I feel really emotionally intimate with them and that's also when you know okay there's like some powerful force there but in terms of lifestyle considering how often I had gone on dates with him and whatnot I just knew it wasn't there so for me it was just wasting my time and at a certain point I was you know I made that decision for myself like great person like great everything but it just would not work dating wise in a serious way right lately I've been drinking magic mind almost every day before I start working for the day to help with getting into the flow state whether you are still in college or you work full-time like me I know we all have those days where it feels extremely difficult to stay focused and on task While I don't judge myself for lack of productivity, I do care about how effective I am with my time because time is precious, so why would I want to waste it? Something I've been genuinely really shocked about with Magic Mind is not only how good it tastes because I'm super picky, but also actually how well I stay focused. I mean, I don't know what it is, but if I'm being really honest, I get distracted kind of easily and it's been working wonders. So let's break down what Magic Mind really does. It is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus or if you are like me, you can drink it alongside because I personally cannot give up my coffee. I love making it in the morning. It also helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And the best part, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. I highly recommend you give this a try if you are already considering it. It comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much. Sometimes I drink it twice a day. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill at magicmind.co slash fulfill. Enjoy. And so kind of going back to my preference, like I said earlier, I have always loved going to nice restaurants and having nice cocktails and that has been a big part of life in Los Angeles where I previously lived 
and now in Manhattan, New York, where I live now. And again, for some of you who are more simple and you love, let's say, eating at home and cooking with your person and like staying at home, watching Netflix or like doing cozy stuff indoors or maybe like going for like road trips, things like that, that is perfect. And I think that's even great that you have more of a niche like that because guess what? You're able to be more concise about a partner and what would be compatible with your lifestyle, right? Because in my eyes, when you know that about yourself, you really shouldn't waste your time entertaining someone that doesn't already have that interest. And if you do, though, you'd have to really be able to see, is this something they would naturally be interested in? Because again, I dated someone who on the surface, like, enjoyed going out, enjoyed socializing. But at his core, over time, I I could easily tell that like, he just was a natural introvert and he ultimately would have to push himself to be a little bit not himself or being a different person in order to meet me at my level. Even another example um, was, like, yeah, like, two and a half, yeah, two and a half, way over two and a half years ago, we were in Vegas and... As I mentioned, um, love house music, and I wanted to see one of my favorite DJs, Tiesto. And it was like the second night we were in Vegas. We were only staying there for two nights, and we were just kind of, you know, having fun in Vegas together. And I remember I wanted to go, and he didn't want to go. Like, he literally wanted to just stay in the hotel room and chill while being in Vegas. Now, again, nothing wrong with that but then do you kind of see like how that is misaligned then and um ultimately again there's there's really no shade to this person he truly was a great guy I honestly acknowledged though to myself that I was certainly probably overwhelming for him in that I just had different tastes and different vision and lifestyle for what I wanted for myself in fact I don't believe he has moved from his own hometown city in California and that was also kind of another clash considering I grew up from a small town 8,000 people moved to California um, lived in multiple cities in California primarily like Orange County and Los Angeles um, and then now live in New York and I'm not saying that in a bragging way but I think it's really important to be realistic about your background and someone else's background and what they're accustomed to um, and, and what they're not accustomed to because even at the time I remember we were on a hike and I was proposing this idea like I would consider going to Georgetown Law. This was in 2019 and um, this was just you know very surface level interest of me and I was looking at I was practicing the, practicing the LSAT but not being extremely serious about it yet because it's a, a commitment it's an investment and um, I remember, you know, he was kind of stunned. He was like, what would happen if you would go, you know? And I just know that he's the type of person that wants to stay in his own comfort zone, which is totally fine. In fact, the person I was seeing right after him, once that relationship had ended, and I had seen another person who was actually from the same city as him, he's the same thing. Like, he still lives in that city he actually never left that city even during college which is fine but then you start to observe patterns in people right and you start to see okay would they be 
open-minded enough to try something new um, or do they have the um, I guess like the, the stamina or the stomach for that because you'll just be able to tell you know you have to gauge over time like does this person seem like they'd be willing to do this on their own not just for me I think that's also really important because I am a firm believer in two individuals coming together who have separate and independent dreams and visions but they happen to align and coordinate on a very similar path and very similar direction. I believe in that instead of trying to merge yours together and trying to stick on that as long as possible because I think what happens is if you if you do that and you try to merge it, um, especially when there's so many unknowns and there hits a rock bottom point when you kind of pull apart so to speak it feels really different it feels like you don't even know who you are anymore so from my experience in that relationship especially too I was fortunate enough you know we had a break I remember the first half was more of like my learning experience of why you shouldn't like try to merge yourself with one person Um, and the second half of that relationship was a lot of me being more individual, continuing to stay firm with my own vision and my own goals and what I like to do for my lifestyle. And it just honestly came to a point where it just was not like the chapter of the book, like the final chapter had ended. And I felt really content with that. I think that's honestly one of the best breakups you can have. Um, Of course, no breakup is ever easy. That was truly not easy for me to do that to someone else, right? But what I did recognize from that is number one, no matter how long you've been with someone and no matter how much time you've invested with someone, if they don't meet your needs and you feel like you wish they could do or be more XYZ and it's because of something you value for, and in this case, it's about the lifestyle, right? Then there is no reason you should stick around and settle. And I can honestly say, just looking back now, that I would certainly not be sitting here talking on this podcast, be living in New York City or have even lived in Los Angeles had I stayed in that relationship. So I'm extremely grateful for that relationship. That was a big, big monumental lesson for me. I think I was very lucky to have had that kind of relationship early on in my 20s. Um, That probably does mean that like my next relationship in my 20s is probably going to be a you know big one in a way where I've, I've had a I've had a lot of experience in in being in a serious relationship I've lived with a partner this was you know with the same guy I had a dog with this person and um and so you know it builds character and I'm really appreciative of that but now I guess to transition in terms of how I look at dating when I move forward, it was funny too, during the Galentine's brunch um, that I hosted for some podcast listeners in the New York City metro area, um, we were chatting just about dating stuff and I had, you know, thrown out a recommendation to one of them um, because she kind of says like on apps, for example, um, some of them seem to just really suck and like the options seem to be not so great. And I said, well, you're this age, how about try shooting a little bit higher? I know that's, and when I say higher, I mean like a bigger age gap, right? So I think I've expressed this on the podcast before, but I personally 
prefer to date older and I'm 24 right now turning 25 soon but I don't hesitate to talk about how I have in the past and still do date or tend to date people that are like you know 30 and older I mean of course I have like a a cutoff like I'm not crazy about like an age gap right but it it comes down to where you're at in life and I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to understand where you're at financially, where you're at emotionally, where you're at mentally, have you been in a relationship before, Um, what are the specific traits or characteristics you look for in a potential partner, and is that more commonly in a guy that's perhaps older, and some of that too is often again based on your region, right, so in Los Angeles and New York City, it is more common for a guy to be way more focused on their career from 22 to 30, give or take. Um, And this city, it's great to be single when you're first moving here. So again, I would kind of already predict and expect that for someone outside of that age. Um, And if I'm meeting them when they're 30 or 32, I would kind of assume like they probably got it out of their system in terms of going out and and having fun with the bros and like maybe all that casual dating and maybe they've had a serious relationship once in in their 20s as well and so that's something I emphasize a lot is not only just being specific about what it is that works well for you and that's a trial and error too right so sometimes you do need to have those shitty dates and shitty experiences to learn what does and doesn't work for you that's honestly how it worked for me like I said earlier with the lawyer that I I would that I was um kind of seeing back in in my past um you know that wasn't like a shitty experience but that was one where it never led to anything um like legitimately dating but it was a great experience for me to I think a toughen up my muscle of being decisive and just you know walking away and not really just hanging on because it's comfortable because he is a great guy but again I know I would never date him so when you know that right um why would you continue to waste your time and I think other lifestyle compatibility aspects too again outside of what I talk about like you know are you like a nightlife person or not or if you like to eat at certain types of restaurants or you like to wear certain types of clothes or you have a certain style or swag like whatever you want to call it right again to me it's I get how it can be perceived a little shallow but at the end of the day when it comes to a romantic partner just like your friends you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with most that applies to who you choose as your romantic partner Um, I think it's great to be consistent. I think it's also great to be open-minded, but at some point, uh, you will drive yourself crazy if you have too wide of options. I think of it like shopping, okay? Like when you're shopping for running sneakers, for example, or for boots, right? When you're shopping online, you go to the filter and you narrow it down. You narrow it down from color. So if I'm shopping for boots, I'd probably just pick black only, right? Maybe I want leather boots. Maybe I want them to be knee high or over the knee. I select the boxes and it narrows it down for me because if I leave them all open, yeah, of course I could see other cute boots that I want, but then A, I might waste money that I didn't need to, or B, I would be wasting my time getting like a system overload of options of boots that I could see when ultimately I went on to shop for specifically let's say knee-high leather black boots. So like I said I compare that to dating in a way because when you are specific about 
what has worked for you and what you do like and whatever that preference is from the physical aspects of the guy his lifestyle aspect so like does he go to the gym does he wake up early does he wake up at a normal time does he go to bed early does he enjoy going out enjoying drinks and cocktails all that right when you can narrow that down from my experience you start to alleviate wasting time with people that were never aligned with you in the first place and I've only experienced that once I really was like, yup, this is, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is who I like to be around. This is what I like to feel when I'm around that person. And ultimately, you kind of get closer to attracting that. Now, of course, too, oftentimes you'll attract those that emulate those traits, but it still might not work out. And I think, again, you have to go with your gut in those times, too. I recently went on a date with someone that um, completely did everything by the book in terms of like absolute gentleman on paper, like a background that really would align with me. But I think just lack of chemistry, right? And I think that's something you learn and understand with experience as well. So of course, if you're in college right now, you might not have that gut feeling um, yet, maybe not just from lack of experience, but maybe you do as well. Like you I, when 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 I hear people talk about like how they knew like if that spouse was like their person, a lot of times I hear the answer when you know, you know. And I do truly believe in that. And again, I think it comes back to having that framework of your preferences and the lifestyle compatibility aspect. But at the end of the day, even on my last day, for example, had those things but the emotional aspect the the chemistry aspect was just not there and in that way you know when you know and that was all for today's episode focused on why lifestyle compatibility is the most important component in having a long-term relationship be sustainable if you found value in this episode please be sure to share this on your ig story tag the what fulfills you podcast instagram which is just at what fulfills you if you're not already following the instagram be sure to check it out I post different mindful quotes every day and different topics that I find are helpful for me to see on an everyday basis and also just content that I wish I had saw when I was younger and going through some of the difficult parts in my life. So again, check it out. It's at What Fulfills You. And if you enjoyed the question from the card game about the top two things you look for in a romantic partner, this card game is available online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Don't forget about the 10% code. Or if you are based in New York City, you can purchase this game in person at Showfields, which is located off Bond Street in NoHo. So definitely go check that out. Thanks again for tuning in. I will chat with you all next time. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.